From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello, my name is Binta Tan and this is IFN Podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Norhizam Kadir, the Vice President of Fintech and Islamic Digital Economy of the Malaysian Digital Economy Corporation, to explore the current Islamic fintech landscape in one of the most sophisticated and largest Islamic financial markets in the world, Malaysia. Hizam, welcome to the IFM podcast series. Malaysia's Islamic fintech journey is an interesting one. We've definitely seen the country grabbing more spotlight in recent times as compared to the um, quote-unquote early days or earlier days of Islamic fintech when the likes of Dubai and Bahrain were seemingly at the forefront or at least um, more vocal about their share of fintech ambitions. And of course, MDEC is central to several of these developments in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. So I would like to start with MDEC's latest fintech initiative, the Fintech Booster Program. Uh, where does the story begin? How did the idea come out? Can you walk us through that? Sure. Uh, first, uh, thank you, Vineta, for having me. Uh, I'm uh, glad uh, that I've been given this opportunity to be sharing what MDEC does and uh, our role in uh, driving and growing uh, Malaysia's uh, digital ecosystem. With regards to Fintech Booster that was launched last week, uh, where does the story begin? It started off with a conversations that we had with, uh, with Bank Negara. Uh, in fact, it was with the governor uh, as we're looking at how we are playing a role in being supportive to the capacity building of fintech companies. Um, we realize, especially with the early stage and ideation level fintech startups, uh, they would need to understand more on uh, the aspects of regulatory and compliance uh, and uh, getting them access to market opportunities and uh, as well as uh, having to be connected on a technology platform. Um, and at the same time as well, uh, this platform can also serve uh, as a, uh, an opportunity for these fintech companies, which will then later apply for fintech re- regulatory sandbox that Benegara has. So uh, we, in, in our partnerships with Benegara, we came up with Fintech Booster, uh, it is essentially a capacity building program uh, that would uh, help these uh, fintech companies, especially those at ideations and early stage level, uh, to be able to maneuver through uh, understanding of uh, regulatory compliance, which we have launched last week. And uh, coming next year, uh, we will also be activating the second and third pillar, uh, where we would be providing supports from business model and market access as well as uh, technology integrations later, right? And to, right. to do this, we have to do it together with the uh, public sector. Uh, the first pillar, the regulatory compliance, we're working with six um, partners uh, consisting of legal firms, uh, share compliance uh, advisors, as well as consulting companies in uh, helping uh, Benegara and MDAC in providing that advisory and support to fintech startups uh, in getting them to understand the need and requirements of uh, regulatory and compliance in uh, helping them to grow their business in Malaysia. And you mentioned share compliance. So how much interest has the program garnered? Are there any interest from any Islamic fintech startups at all? Yes, I mean, we uh, we launched this in... Uh, 
uh, well, last week actually, we really activated this last week. Um, uh, the number of companies that have uh, uh, signed up on FinTech Booster have exceeded 150 companies, of which um, I don't have specific numbers, but a large chunk, uh, I was informed by my team this morning that about 40% uh, of questions asked and uh, participations of com- uh, participations to modules that have been provided and developed by our our uh, our partners are uh, uh, Islamic fintech skewed, right? Uh, we have Tawafuk and Mashref as our partners in providing Sharia compliance advisory. And that's very encouraging, actually, as we're pushing for Islamic fintech increasing differentiation for Malaysia for uh, within the fintech space. Yeah, that's fantastic. 40% is a good number. Um, so the 150 or so interests that you've, you've garnered so far, are they uh, mostly local companies or do you also have interest from foreign companies? It's a mixture of um, foreign and local. Of, mm-hmm. of course, there are a lot more local right now, but it's a very strong interest. And I think in the, in the current situations where digital and online plays a very critical role, and we've been heavily promoting this via social media, and uh, we've been doing some PR around it as well. It has generated some uh, level of coverage, and uh, we've gotten a lot of interest from foreign players as well in looking at how would they be able uh, to be setting up presence in Malaysia, getting into FinTech Booster, understanding the requirements of uh, Bank Negara uh, as they are setting up their FinTech companies uh, or, or penetrating into Malaysia as a market. So it seems that the FinTech Booster program was born out of a need to properly facilitate or educate uh, FinTech founders, navigate the regulatory compliance infrastructure, um, as well as, you know, getting themselves started in Malaysian FinTech uh, environment. Um, Does that actually reflect the maturity of the FinTech ecosystem in Malaysia? Um, How would you characterize the Islamic FinTech ecosystem in Malaysia now? If you were to look at, uh, I, I like to look at it from opportunity standpoint. Uh, Malaysia has its advantage, uh, especially in Islamic finance, and we have always been at the forefront when it comes to uh, the development uh, of uh, Islamic finance, especially in uh, setting up uh, standards, uh, world class standards for Islamic finance. There's uh, huge opportunities. Uh, uh, within the whole entire Islamic economy and, and, and with, with, with fintech, with Islamic fintech, opportunities are not just within Malaysia. It's across boundaries. There will be 2.2 billion Muslims by 2030. And what's interesting out of this 2.2 billion, and you see this increasing affluence, especially among Muslim countries, countries like uh, Indonesia, um, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, and some countries in, in Africa, Senegal and Nigeria, we have uh, this concept, uh, this strategy, what we call 50-50-50, opportunities in emerging Islamic markets where there are more than 50% Muslim population, more than 50% internet penetrations, and more than 50% unbanked, right? Um, why Malaysia wants to emphasize on uh, the growth of Islamic fintech? One, as I said earlier, because of the advantage that we have, of us being at the forefront in Islamic finance. We have done this for many years and we should be leapfrogging ourselves towards Islamic fintech and that opportunities in this underserved market uh, among 50-50-50 emerging Islamic markets 
huge opportunities and it needs to start. We should be setting up the right platform for them to grow. Malaysia being a uh, test bed for these Islamic fintech companies uh, to be testing their solutions and in Malaysia. Uh, and then we'll then be expanding across these emerging Islamic markets to, to be tapping onto huge opportunities of Islamic economy worldwide. Absolutely. And one of um, the initiatives taken by MDAC in, you know, making Malaysia the, the test bit for Islamic fintech solutions is, of course, the uh, the dialogue series, which we had the honor to facilitate and organize. Um, as an outsider to all to our listeners, um, what should one understand from these dialogues? Could you walk us through the outcomes and intended objectives? You know, these dialogue series have been um, very beneficial for us in understanding the needs and requirements of uh, the ecosystem. Um, As a government agency, uh, we shouldn't be coming up with strategies without having the industry to be syndicated. And uh, thanks to IFN as well in uh, coordinating this dialogue series for us, and we have completed two sessions. The first one was more uh, on overall understandings of Malaysia uh, being the Islamic FinTech Hub, and the second series is to focus more on uh, how Islamic FinTech uh, driving financial inclusion. The industry that, has, that, that have participated have given us strong input and strong feedback, uh, that, uh, that, uh, and we took those feedback actually and, and translate and articulate that into, uh, into strategies. Yeah? I mean, I can uh, highlight some of the strategies uh, that were given out of the Islamic FinTech dialogues. For example, the activations of fintech boosted stuff came from a recommendations where there's a need for industry participants uh, to be able to uh, be on a platform to help them to increase capacity and access to opportunities and to uh, regulators right uh, and, and fintech booster um, taking it from the discussions that we had with uh, bank Negara and governor earlier right we drove that forward and it became a validations as well and you know we presented that to uh, the industry it became validation that there uh, there is a need for this platform uh, to be materialized. The other one is that focus on um, financial literacy and financial health, especially within the underserved uh, uh, market, the underserved community, especially for the B40s and micro SMEs. And that became a lot more obvious, actually, the need for Islamic fintech, the ability for Islamic fintech to drive financial inclusions to the underserved market. Uh, those feedback came uh, very timely, and uh, we're currently working with 12 fintech players in pushing a digital adoption strategy and driving financial inclusions, especially in increasing access, uh, affordability, and, uh, and uh, getting onto alternative uh, uh, financing schemes uh, through a platform that we built called eBerkat. Uh, how the B40s as well as uh, the micro SMEs would now be able to look into um, uh, access to micro capital uh, through fintech companies, uh, being able to protect themselves through micro insurance, especially for gig economy workers, uh, as well as to uh, sustain their future uh, by uh, having affordable micro investments, again, through fintech companies. So the, the, the feedback that was given by the industry as well as other um, regulatory and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and government uh, agencies and, and ministries that are participating in, in, in this whole entire Islamic economy um, 
have been very beneficial, have been very, very uh, timely as well in uh, validating as well as helping us to activate our agenda. So you've shared um, about the dialogues and um, two dialogues we have done. The first one we had 10 recommendations, the second we had nine, and you've mentioned the booster program um, being one uh, born out of the recommendations as well as your work now with eBurkat and on enhancing financial literacy. So of all of these like recommendations or priority areas, uh, which do you think personally is most challenging to implement <laughs> or achieve? <laughs> you know, Islamic economy... And, and a lot of our focus when it comes to Islamic fintech is to help to drive financial inclusion. And MDEC as a government mm-hmm. agency, uh, our role is to look at it uh, from both supply and demand, right? And Fintech Booster is really about increasing capacity, helping uh, fintech companies to grow stronger. And uh, we're providing platforms that makes it a lot more conducive especially with regulatory compliance and later on with business opportunities and technology integration. And eBurkat is really about how do we go down to the underserved uh, uh, in, in helping them to be uh, looking into alternative micro, uh, alternative access to capital uh, to protect themselves with micro-insurance as well as to, uh, to help them to sustain their future through micro-investment. Um, one way to do it is the... Um, collaborations with more institutional uh, bodies and organizations in Malaysia. Um, there are a lot of uh, several Islamic bodies actually that have begun to open up to the possibilities of digitalization. Um, mm. Bodies like uh, religious bodies that are responsible for zakat and wakaf are great opportunities uh, in, in, as, as we are working with them uh, in looking at how uh, digitalizations can be further embraced to increase efficiency as well as to validate the recipients of zakat, as an example, more accurately. Right? And, and as you know, digitals are capable of doing that because uh, of the usage of data and the, the ability for data analytics uh, to be helping, uh, uh, say for example, any zakat bodies in distribution, helping them with validations as well as to uh, an, an, an outcome, actually, in how would you be able to use the Sakat Waka Fund in terms of upskilling uh, the asnaf, upskilling those people, the underserved community, so that they would then be able to get onto the bandwagon of digital economy as well, right? So that one of the recommendations is for us to be working with institutional Islamic bodies and tapping onto the... Uh, the uh, opportunities that Zakat and 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 Wakaf as an, as two uh, great examples in in helping uh, to improve the livelihood of those underserved community. We are we have been speaking with uh, several bodies right now. Uh, you know we do hope that we see some uh, great opportunities, and and I'm very positive to see these uh, Zakat and Wakaf bodies are opening up to us in agreeing uh, to be um, at least. Uh, running some quick wins and doing some POCs uh, via mm. digitalizations in increasing efficiency uh, for distribution, for uh, validation, as well as for uh, upskilling of the recipients. So, uh, inshallah, we'll see some uh, great progress from the from these recommendations. 
So you'll answer my next question, which is whether or not you're actually optimistic about the future of Islamic fintech here in Malaysia. Um, so I want to ask you then, what is your vision for Islamic fintech for this country? My uh, MDEX vision, uh, we want to see, from supply side, we want to see more and more uh, fintech companies embracing opportunities of Islamic uh, fintech. Uh, mm. A lot of the work that we've been doing as we go down to meet up with uh, the communities, right? Uh, we always advocate the opportunities that uh, the uh, Muslim economy has. Uh, and we've started seeing a lot of companies, actually, a lot of fintech players have begun to look into or maybe uh, create a new product differentiation that focuses on Islamic economy. Uh, I'm glad to see growth of uh, Islamic fintech companies in Malaysia. That interests are, uh, are growing, right? Uh, we already have the likes of Hello Gold, Microlib, uh, Senang, Aspirasi, uh, Wahid Invest. You know, uh, I'm just naming a few uh, uh, players uh, that are already uh, tapping onto the opportunities of uh, Islamic economy, and I'm glad to see that they're using Malaysia as a base as they're expanding across Southeast Asia. And what Islamic fintech initiatives is MDEC working on currently? I know you talk about Booster, eBurka. What else are you working on? What can we expect to see from MDEC over the next like 6 to 12 months? One of the other recommendations that was mooted during Islamic fintech dialogue uh, was to uh, have the government to play a bigger role in setting up a national Islamic fintech task force. Uh, Mm. And that is a big, big charter, actually, right? I mean, uh, yeah. we do feel that there's a need to do that. We do feel that there's a need to have a uniform voice among government agencies and across ministries uh, to be able to look at how uh, Islamic fintech would be able to a uh, would 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 help to enable uh, the uh, the Islamic fintech agenda. And uh, as we are bringing in the uh, players uh, as well as both industry as well as uh, the public sector in, 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 in setting up this National Islamic Fintech Task Force, we also need to understand what is the end outcome, right? Uh, you know, you probably would have heard that uh, the number, numerous numbers of task force and committees and council, but without having a clear, uh, and if the end outcome is ambiguous, it's going to be quite difficult to have it implemented. Our main focus in the context of uh, Islamic Fintech Task Force or Committee in Malaysia, is to drive financial inclusion. We spoke earlier about uh, working with uh, uh, various religious bodies, zakat bodies and wakaf bodies. It is really looking into how the fund that have been made available, right? Uh, they're already doing it on their own right now. I mean, they, they've done some level of digitalizations. How can we come in and how can this be a uniform voice uh, set by the government in pushing the agenda of financial inclusion via Islamic fintech in enabling uh, and narrowing digital uh, divide in Malaysia? You know, digital inclusivity is a very important agenda. Uh, government continues to drive the uh, connectivity agenda. 80% of Malaysians right now are covered with broadband. Now, the next level, as we have uh, looked into the infrastructure, what about the infrastructure? Uh, we do not want, uh, you know, smartphone penetrations in Malaysia have, have, uh, have reached almost 80% as well, but we do not want uh, 
um, you know, someone living in in in, in the tier three, tier four markets, uh, the usage of their smartphones can be quite limited, right? Uh, they probably would be using right. their smartphones only for connectivity and entertainment. Um, how would we be able to um, by the usage of this, by the uh, by the mandate of this Islamic fintech task force, being able to trickle it down across the nation in ensuring that education and eventually adoption of uh, of uh, Islamic fintech uh, solutions can be addressing uh, the financial inclusions agenda, which automatically link up to the uh, the mandate of MDAC in increasing digital inclusivity in Malaysia. It's probably still early days, but do you have an idea of how the task force will look like? Like who will participate? That's an interesting question, actually. We're working with, uh, <laughs> of course, we're working with the Ministry of Finance. We're working with our, uh, our ministry as well, Communications and Multimedia. Uh, a lot of uh, things are happening, uh, you know, uh, uh, behind the scenes right now. Uh, mm-hmm. There will be, uh, we have met up couple of times actually uh, industry has been uh, syndicated as well with uh, some structure uh, uh, what I can share with you right now is uh, that focus that mandate on financial inclusion and the involvement of uh, uh, institutional bodies religious bodies into this context in pushing that agenda but what I can say what I can share with you right now it's going to be exciting because uh, you know there, there, there will be consolidated platform and there will be a uniform voice. And I think that's what the country needs, actually, a push from the top, getting everyone to come in to realize that uh, fintech, Islamic fintech in particular, uh, can then help to enable and play a role as well in pushing the digital inclusivity agenda of Malaysia. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Hizam, for your time today. Thank you.